It was so jet lagged. Funny enough, I feel fine. Um, how was your dinner? It was ridiculous. Are she about to light up at the table? The THC is in the air. You were a bitch to me, and you know it. I do? Okay. You've already Anybody lost two sisters. Do you want to lose a third? Oh, oh really? Don't do that. Go yourself. I don't even know how this whole thing started. There's been a lot of rumors on the internet. Yeah. So I'm talking to Sutton, and she kept pushing like there was something I was being secretive about. It seems like you're in denial about something. With what, though? Like, what? For marriage. What's with the new wedding band? You haven't been wearing your wedding ring. So this is what you're gossiping about, that I had a different ring on that I bought myself? Oh, hell, I didn't wear mine for years. And I thought it was a makeup band. A makeup band? What does that mean? When your husband messes up and you get a gift? Everybody at the table obviously thinks something now. I mean, clearly you told her to off. Mom. So what you're saying is that my husband cheated on me. Did I say that? Why wouldn't you? I think that's mean. That just causes more problems, more rumors, more bullshit. Yep. Hey. Well, don't be <laughs> I could kiss you however I want. It seems like you're in denial about something. Hello and welcome to Bravo Bravo Effing Bravo. Hi, Mariana. Hey, baby gorgeous. Thank you for agreeing to record in the afternoon and not the morning. I like it. Yeah. It's a nice new fresh spin for us. It is a fresh spin. I have a new puppy on my lap. <gasps> That's so exciting. The yellow dogs are going off in the background because they know as soon as I sit in here, they know I won't come and get them because <laughs> I'm busy. But the new dog's in. Yes. Oh, so he has now started joining in on the barking in the mornings. Oh, geez, that's a lot of dogs. It's like 5.30 in the feckin' morning and they're barking at all the people who go walking early. I mean, who's walking their dog at the 5.30? It's coffee and bravo time at 5.30 for me. And I got so excited, I thought girls trip would be out today and i think it is on peacock but uh, not on hey you at the moment so i've just been like refreshing all day fucking being like, this will be my nice little weekend treat oh well then tomorrow morning i will probably make potato gems because i'm addicted so what do they call them in the states tater tots. tater tots oh i'm obsessed with tater tots i don't think i ate them as a kid yeah i love them i visited my um friend who was studying in America on campus and she swiped me into like the food hall yeah where it, it was just like the best buffet I've ever seen in my whole entire life and I went to I'm the sure it's better stand. than the sizzler <laughs> I know and I just loaded up I just kept piling my plate full of tots and then this girl behind me was like are you done taking all the tater tots <laughs> oh no it. she said are you done taking all the good tots and I was like sorry babe but- there's a difference between tots we can rate the tots aren't they all the same Oh, well, you know how some are, like, you know, crispy and good and, oh. I don't know, big. I don't know. So what happened? So th- so basically Saturday mornings I watch Southern Charm and mm-hmm. eat tater tots because you've got to have carbs. And, yeah, so Woolies, I ordered hash browns and they didn't have them and you know how they substitute shit? Oh, yeah. So they sent me tater tots as a substitute and I was like, I'm not arguing. It's basically a hash brown Santa. in a mini, mini form. Mate, have I ordered a hash brown since? No. So the last time I ordered these tater tots, I ordered the regular ones and then I ordered the ones that apparently are extra crispy. Oh. So I've been doing side-by-side comparisons. I think I prefer the crispier ones, but I don't like it when, like, they're so crispy and there's no fluffy potato inside. Oh, I could do a tight 10 on tater tots, people. They've changed my life. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Should we stop talking about tater tots and get into it? Yeah, that's. There are some sizzles, but they're not like diabolical, so we can just go through them quickly if you want. Sure. So Kenya Moore is finally divorced. Congratulations, oh, Ms. Moore. Finally. Three years, man. Almost as bad as Bethany's, but no, I don't think so. I think Bethany was six, six years. That's so crazy. So what happens when you got a lot of money, people? So did you see the Vanderpump Rules trailer for season 11? Sure did. Sure did. Schwartz made out with Sheena in Vegas. I know. Do you reckon it was at the Golden Nugget? I hope it was at the Golden Nugget. We need a reprieve (laughs) of the Golden Nugget. Is the Golden Nugget still even around? I think so. Oh, my God. See, I don't know why, but I just thought of, like, nuggies and tater tots together. Oh, not again. (laughs) (laughs) And then 
we see Schwartz and Katie going after the same person? Oh, I'm going to love it. Yeah, I'm going to love it too. So I'm looking forward to this. I don't know about this, if Schwartz made out with Sheena in Vegas. I want to know if it was while he was with Katie. But then I thought he came on the show and he was already with Katie. So He was cheating on her from the jump, wasn't he? From like, the fucking yeah. get-go, little pig. I don't understand this people going, I didn't cheat on you, I just made out with someone. It's fucking cheating, okay? Can we put it out there? Mm-hmm. And um, speaking of doing the wrong thing, Ramona Singer... Oh, boy. She crashed the Roni legacy, like the Ultimate Girls Trip premiere party. Was she not invited? She wasn't. Well, okay. I'm confused there. First of all, so I got this from the page six. Of course I did. First of all, they said she wasn't invited, so she crashed. But then in the same article, it talks about the fact that she first said she was going to be out of town and couldn't attend. Mm. Then all of a sudden she could attend, so she emailed them and let them know, but they didn't respond. So, therefore, she wasn't technically invited. And I'm like, well, was she invited initially and said she couldn't go? I'm confused. Page six has confused me. So, I'm sure there'll be an update on it once the um, episode's yeah. out. But, yeah, because I'm like, okay, if she said she couldn't go, that to me implies she was invited. Yeah, exactly. But page six said they saw the invitation and her name wasn't on it. Okay. I need this clarified. I don't know why I need it, but I do need it. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, they're kind of my sizzles. That's it. Oh, That's all I cared about. So, yeah, <laughs> you know. So, Beverly Hills episode eight, esophagate. Oh, that rhymes. I mean, they're really milking this esophageal stuff, aren't they? I know. I don't know if it warrants a gate. Agreed. Like, I get that it's a play on words, blah blah blah. But like, it's not. A, it's not really a gate. Anna Marie's trying to make it a gate, but no one really cares. Is her name Anna Marie or is it Anne Marie? Because when I looked at her, the super of her name, the little whatever, lower third, as it was spelt, there was no A in between Anne and Marie. Yeah, I believe it's pronounced Anna Marie, but it's spelt like Anne Marie. Okay, that's just too complicated for me. Mm-hmm. Well, hopefully we don't have to get attached. Pick a lane, sweetheart. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm not attached to her yet. I hate her guts. <laughs> <laughs> you hate her. I don't her. know why. I hate her. Do you know my thought is we don't need her. No. But having said that, it's nice to get all these friends off. Yeah, that's true. We say this a lot about the women, the new women on the show. I want to give her some grace because there's plenty of characters on these shows where ladies like rag on the new chick. So I just mm-hmm. don't want to rag on the new chick because I don't know why I don't like her. So do you have any insight as to why or why you don't like, not even about why you hate her, but why you don't like her yet or at all? Uh, she's grading. It's the jumping in on the convo and asking questions when it's like, let's just get to the heart of the matter and have fun and yeah. and have fights that aren't just on technicalities like about esophagus. Uh, wait, I can't even say esophagus. Esophag. What's the plural? Well, why would you have a plural? Like a doctor removed two esophaguses from two <laughs> patients. I don't know. Is it esophagi? Or you know, it could be one of those that it's esophagus Probably. and esophagus. Oh, maybe. I'm, well, I'm sick of up, dude. conversations about esophagi Esophageal issues. How about that? Yeah, I'm sick of it. Yeah, I'm not into it. It's not fun for me. Well, like it could be fun, but it's like <laughs> when we've got Sutton and Kyle and Kim and Crystal and Garcelle in a room, is that what we want to be talking about? You're right. No, we want to be talking about the divorce and the cheating and she's a lesbian and she's a drunk. Like, I'd rather talk about that. And the makeup ring. Yeah, I know. Uh-huh. I want to talk. Yeah, there's too much juicy shit going on. We don't need you, love. Yeah. Maybe when it gets boring, we'll need you. Mm-hmm. Maybe she's coming too soon. I loved the opening sequence, the dramatic music. Oh, I know. So good. So good. And it was like in sort of soft focus as well, so the edges were blurry. Yes, It was fantastic. So, yeah, we open with this oh-so-dramatic music. Kyle is telling Mo about the dinner from the night before. I'm still questioning whether Mo was in the house or not and knows all about it, but whatever. We get flashes of Sutton sparking up a joint and Erica going, (laughs) oh, my God, at the table. 
we get flashy of Denise telling Erica off, Sutton asking Kyle if she wants to lose a third sister, all the stuff we saw last week. But it was just the way that it was interposed with Kyle talking to Mo about how Sutton was bringing up these cheating rumours and he's obviously not happy. He's like, did you tell her to fuck off? And it's all intermixed with flashes of last week's episode. But then Mo goes in to kiss Kyle and she's not receptive and he says, I can kiss you whenever I want. Mm -mm. Considering what they were just talking about, that the cheating rumours were just rumours and they were laughing it off, production just did us so good and did them Mm -hmm. so dirty. It was wonderful. Loved it. I need to take a sign now. That was so good. (laughs) And that's pretty much it for the intro. We go to Sutton's store and, of course, we see the star of Sutton's life, RV. Oh, yes. So Sutton's doing what she's calling an anniversary party for her store because it's been open for four years. And all Sutton wants to talk about is the fact that the store smells like sewage. And all (laughs) RV wants to talk about is the fact that Sutton needs to change her shoes. I don't... Yeah. I just... I love it. These two are the oddest, funnest couple. I'm obsessed. And I love when the, like, the second assistant gets thrown into the mix and Arby sort of yells at the second assistant being like, you know, there's a pecking order. Yes. And tells him he can remove his sonnies because he's not a celebrity. <laughs> that made me love laugh. Love that. That was so great. So, yeah. So... This is pre the party, though. She's got a party planner there. Of course she does. And the party planner's telling her all the things that she's going to organise for Sutton. They're going to have amazing food. And she's like, oh, we don't need food because everyone's on that Olympic. She means (laughs) Ozempic. And I love her for that. She knows what it's called. Oh, please. She knows. She says, you know, I'm so proud of myself. I've done it all on my own. And... She's in confessional at this point and the producer's like, but have you ever used your spousal support to keep the store running? Did you use it to open the store? And she's like, yes, of course. <laughs> oh, my God, to be a rich lady. Like, what a life. And to be a producer just in that room asking those questions. I like, know. Oh, what a dream. They're the hardest working people in Hollywood. It's true. They do the Lord's work, quite frankly. Uh-huh. This is when she FaceTimes Crystal and Crystal asks her if she's going to invite Kyle And she's like, yes, everyone's invited. I hope they don't start shit. And we learn that Crystal has already told Sutton that both Kyle and Dorit think she's got a drinking problem. And she's very pissed off. And she brings up the fact that she does have a minor child who she shares custody with her ex-husband. And he could use this to take her kid away all the way to England. Mm. And, yeah, it does give you pause. Like, as much as we love all the gossip and shit, like, there is a line, people. It's not fucking cool. Yeah, yeah, totally. And But there is an element of Sutton. I see, I mean, I love her, but I Mm. see why people think she's a bit of a hypocrite sometimes because it's like she's lighting up a joint and then she's mad at Magic Mike and then she's Mm. also still drinking on camera all the time and then she's mad at this and she's hard to pin down, but I get her. I get her and I love her and I love the kookiness, but you're right. I should be more understanding of the lady's perspective because she'll call them out on fucking everything, including rumours, and yet they're not allowed. Yeah, I get it. I just, I think when it comes to the stuff that could be used against her to lose custody, that makes it real and it's not a fun fantasy for me. So therefore Mm. I'm like, just don't do that. Like, don't take away my fantasy. Exactly. So we then move on to Kyle with her life coach slash therapist. Oh, yeah. Now, I've got some notes, but before I get into my notes, is there anything you want to talk about with this scene? Okay, well, it's good to get Kyle's perspective with her friend passing away. Mm. I think it's much needed in sort of understanding the wider issues in her life at the moment and what's going on and all that turmoil and stuff. So it's good to get that perspective. I agree. I also did feel for her and felt guilty for ragging on her when... Yeah, she was talking about how her best friend committed suicide and they've been best friends since they were seven. Kyle made her the executor of her will by the sounds Mm. of it and that it came as a shock to her. No wonder she is all over the shit shop because it Mm -hmm. just made me think of my best friend and I can't imagine. So we have not given Kyle any grace this season, not really, and... I'm giving her grace for this one episode. Yes, okay. I can't keep doing it all season, people. God, no. The thing is, I'm like, I know that you're a staunch hater of Kyle as a character on the show. I get that. But I tend to flip-flop. I'm such a flip-flopper with her. But I don't like it when she pisses off my Sutton. 
Okay, yeah. She does talk about the whole... You see, okay, this is when I'm going to flip because she obviously talks about the fact that she's affected by her fallout with Kathy. But then she brings up the agency stuff and we have to see that flashy again of yeah, that. I'm sick of that. Oh, like really, bitch? That was so long ago. That was probably before Mo started smoking pot. Like... <laughs> it was so long ago and she always yeah. wants to talk about like the book she wrote and the show she produced and it's like what have you done for me lately Kyle honestly <sighs> exactly like talk about your friend I'm here for you talk about Mo opening the agency like come on at least she's not talking about Halloween ends because oh. if she brought up fucking Jamie Lee Curtis one more time I was going to officially lose it I know because that is not chic at all <laughs> And she does say, my marriage is something that always made me feel grounded and feel safe and I don't feel like that anymore. So I get it. Your friend dying and your marriage busting up. These are things I can get on board about. Mm -hmm. Then we move on to a quick little scene with Garcelle having dinner with her son and her son's girlfriend. I mean, it was cute, but I don't know if we needed it. No, but Jade is a hoot. (laughs) I do like that kid. He did almost choke on an olive and then as soon as he could, shove some more food down his throat, which I can appreciate on a show like this where Mm -hmm. no one actually puts a fork to their mouth with food on it. So, yeah, you're right. It's a cute scene. Relatable. And then we have another scene with this Anne-Marie, Anna-Marie, trying to get her kids ready for school. And it stressed me out. I don't need that. Oh, I snoozed through it. You know what's funny I did think, though? Back in the day of the season ones of The Housewives, like, you know, a million years ago when the show first started and they didn't have storylines, most of the scenes were them in their houses with their kids and one of the other ladies coming over. There were always kids around. Mm -hmm. And yet here I am going, I wrote no notes because it was a scene with one of them and their kids. So what does that say about me? We've moved on. We've evolved. Okay. So we're not hypocrites. We've moved on and evolved. Of course. Right, okay. I mean, that, we're talking about like 20 years ago. Oh, my God. Fuck, I'm old. Okay, then we're at Erica's and she FaceTimes her mum and tells her mum about the Vegas residency. But all her mum wants to know is, am I invited and is Clyde going to do your hair? I fucking love her mum. <laughs> <laughs> I don't really have anything to say about that scene, do you? Do you know what? I don't, I don't really have much to say about a lot of these filler scenes. Well, that's pretty much it for the filler scenes because then we go to Sutton's anniversary party. So the store apparently smells great, so that's good to know. It would bother me if I walked into my store and it smelt like garbage. That would piss me off. Yeah, you'd want to get that fixed. This woman has a store manager who gets paid a salary. Like, come on, Uh make the store smell pretty. That would piss me off because they're probably like trash in the back of the store or something. Fucking idiots. Clear it out, buy a candle. Well, it's not like they don't have candles there that they're selling for 500 bucks. Light a fucking candle. Mm-hmm. Anywho, you know, this store manager, she's no RV. So we get flashes of the ladies getting ready. I did notice that Clyde was doing Erica's hair. <laughs> and did you also see that, like, in confessional, Carl pretty much confirmed that she's bringing Kim as a prop? Yes. Like, she was like, I'm not stupid. <laughs> and definitely Sutton's not stupid because she got that memo too. So yeah. I appreciated that. Did you notice how, like, when Erica was getting ready and Clyde was doing her hair and he was going to put a bow in her hair and she's like, I don't need a bow, I'm 51. When Dorit walks into the party, I notice that she did have a bow in her hair. <laughs> oh, that's funny. <laughs> yeah. Why is Kyle, like, why do we need to get Kyle FaceTiming Morgan when she's doing her makeup? Oh, she's always FaceTiming at that makeup table. And mm. I'm like, oh. And she never has different. someone doing her makeup. Which is fine. Her makeup looks the same whether someone does it or not. So I get it. Why pay someone to do your makeup when you can do it yourself? You know, it's more money to spend on, like, substitute wedding rings. I get it. Yeah, but if I'm this Morgan, I you know how some people will only call you, like, when they're not busy, when they're bored? Yes. Or like, they're on a long drive or they're cooking dinner or whatever. And it's like, okay, that's nice every now yeah. and then. But it's like, okay, why are you calling me so I have to watch you do makeup? Like, that's not thrilling for me. No, It's like, oh, you're just not. burning up your free time with my energy. I get you, right. It would be nice if you just call me just cause. Yeah. No, fair enough. It's I get it. It's like, oh, I'm doing a menial task, so I'll get on the phone. That's what podcasts are for. Hello. Hello. Yeah. No, I don't do that anymore. I don't call people when I have menial tasks to do. Like you, I think it's a bit rude. Well, it's. I mean, if you're trying to date this person, which I assume Kyle's trying to do with Morgan, it's mm. like you got to put in a little bit more effort than that. 
Yeah, maybe call her after, like FaceTime her after you've spackled. You know, <laughs> she doesn't need to see your pre-spackled face. Exactly. You're trying to get her in bed. I wonder if she's like buying up all this jewelry so that when her and Mo officially split up, she doesn't have to fight him for the money that's in the bank because she spent it all on jewels. Oh, maybe. Not a dumb move. But also, I don't really care about her jewelry. No. She seems to be like, I bought this, I bought this. And it's like, yeah, I don't give a fuck who bought it. Yeah, I don't care either. We just want to talk about the fact that you and Mo have split up and you know you fucking have, so stop calling. Like, why pick fights with everyone over it? That's the thing. Like, she's been picking fights with Sutton all season uh-huh. about Sutton bringing up these rumours when at reunion Sutton's going to be like, yeah, I was right, so why yell at and me for it? It seems like she's filming all these scenes mm. secretly. It's like she'll she'll reference that first episode where she said they were having marriage troubles. Yes. But every other housewife that's been on Watch What Happens Live, they've all said like, oh, we didn't know she was this close with Morgan. We didn't see that these conversations were happening. We didn't know that she got tattooed and she was tattooing people. So we're seeing it now, but none of them are clued in. And so it's, it's interesting to watch since we have the more full picture. Right. And they don't have that. And if like Garcelle and Sutton are already picking up on the little things, like imagine what they'd be like if they knew the extent of this Morgan relationship. Okay. So they knew nothing about the Morgan letters? No. Wow. I think they maybe know she's friends with this Morgan person, but they don't know the extent that they're tattooing each other. Right. So Sutton really is Inspector Crusoe or whatever the fuck. <laughs> is it Inspector Crusoe? Cluedo? I think it's Clusoe. Clusoe. I was thinking Crusoe, Cluedo. Oh, it's Robinson Crusoe. <laughs> so dumb. Right. So did you notice that Sutton was wearing a cat top? I loved that top. Was it like the two jaguars or something facing each other? I don't know. I just noticed it was like another kitty top and I'm like, this is the cat top you should have been wearing on your date. Yeah, she looked great. She did look great. And as we said, Cole brings Kim. So Kim makes a beeline for Sutton. Obviously, she's a plus one. That's the appropriate thing to do and has a chat and then Kyle's there and then they kind of sort of talk about their issues and make up, which was Mm kind of nice. What was awkward was Sutton's fucking speech. I thought Sutton's speech was more awkward than Kyle and Sutton interacting. Totally. It was dreadful. That labels comment. I know she was trying to make a gag about, you know, the labels that I'm into are the labels at my store. But it's like, don't you want people to shop? Shouldn't you be ending your Mm -hmm. speech with a call to action for people to buy shit? Either a call to action or a sound bath. That's right. Exactly. Or like a face rolling or something because, Mm -hmm. like, this is why you're having to use your alimony on the store. Like, the people are there to shop, sweetheart. Get them to shop. Yeah, thanks for coming. Very proud of this. Happy four years. She didn't need that piece of paper in her hand. How fucking cringe was that? Go buy a fucking T-shirt, people. Yeah. Go and spend your life savings on a $900 T-shirt. Thanks for coming. <laughs> anyway, after the speech, we start. Oh, that's when they had their little, like, isn't that when they had their chat? I don't know. Well, there's that moment where Sutton goes to get a drink and she asks Kyle for permission. Oh, that's what happens, <laughs> which I thought was fucking hilarious. That was so awkward in the best way. I loved it. But then Kyle was sort of walking it back, being like, oh, no, I was just saying, like, you had a lot of drinks that night, not yes. that you're an alcoholic. And it's like, own up to it. Exactly. Particularly because we all know you had that conversation with Dorit in front of Crystal, it's going to come up. Like, why pretend that you didn't say Uh it? And then Kyle, of course, wants to spin it around about the ring, the makeup gift, and Sutton kind of, well, she kind of walks it back as well a little bit. Well, I get it because they just made up and they don't want to go on about it, but Sutton does say that it was a symptom of all, like, the blogs and the gossip, and she's like, well, I didn't say it. Garcelle said it. The thing is... Kyle is like, but I've always got a different ring on. No one cares. But by saying that I've always got a different ring on, now they're all, again, Sutton's investigating this new Tiffany true ring and the (laughs) price and the meaning of it and the fact that the meaning of it's got nothing to do with it being a wedding band. 
And it's like now you're getting everyone to notice every time you're not wearing your wedding ring, you weirdo. So she's just digging her own yeah. grave here. Yeah. I think she's treating it like it's in a vacuum, where if it's just like if that's the only change, just the ring, like, of course, that's silly. Why would you pay attention to that? But it's it's everything. And she's only defending that one little part. Well, because that's the only thing she can defend. Yeah. And then, yeah, Kyle's still going on about fucking Sutton's meds and Sutton clarifies that the meds aren't affected by alcohol. So they decide to let it go and apologise. They both agree they were both mean and they're going to move on. Dorit, of course, still wants to go on about it because it's Dorit and she's like, yeah, but it's about the fact that you were talking about Kyle's marriage behind her back. And then Sutton's all, well, you want to talk about people talking behind your back, you're the one talking about me drinking and saying, we're a drinking problem, you're saying it behind my back. And Dorit admits that they were talking about it, but she's like, it didn't come from me. It's like, well, who did it come from then if it wasn't you? Because you were the one saying that she probably has alcohol in a coffee for breakfast like yeah like these women forgetting there are cameras around them i don't know what's going on here i know and it's like you might not have called her an alcoholic but saying someone has vodka in their coffee that's yeah kind of implying that they're an alcoholic exactly and dorit wants to confront crystal with it because crystal's the one that told sutton well of course she's the one that told sutton we said she was going to tell sutton fucking four weeks ago when we saw the scene Yeah. Fucking idiots. Crystal, she's kind of making me laugh. Like, I know people get frustrated that she's not on the same level in being activated and talking in scenes. But, like, her just, like, putting up a wall and just being so visibly bored with Dorit, like, it was kind of making me laugh. It gave me life because it would be all of us. It's Uh so good. Not only did she say she was bored, but you could tell she... Literally was bored. There was no, <laughs> there was no acting, you know, actor studio performance here. She was just like, whatever, I'm over this. I want to know how long that scene took to film. You reckon it was a solid 20? It's solid because it started with like just like three people on the couch and then by the time Dorit was done, the whole cast was on the couch. You're so right. Oh, my God, that's hilarious. <laughs> Nothing fucking gets cleared up by this direct interrogation. And you're right, at this point, all the ladies are together. And Crystal does clarify that she said, I didn't say it was you, Dorit. I said it was you and Kyle, which is true. Mm-hmm. And it could have gotten really good from there. But no, no, this Anna Marie wants to ask Sutton about her neuropathy. <sighs> and she guesses what medication she's on. And she's correct. And then she wants to question drinking with it because apparently you're not supposed to consume alcohol when you're on this medication and I have meds that I'm on for my RA and one of the meds I take on a certain day I cannot drink that day but I can drink other days when I'm on other medications so I want to know if this is what it is because I thought that Anne-Marie was a doctor but then in this scene she says she's a nurse anesthetist or an anesthetist nurse anyway she's the nurse assisting when someone gets their anesthesia yeah she puts people to sleep and she's doing a good job of it fucking oath (laughs) so she wants to grill sutton at sutton's event that sutton has invited her to she wants to grill her about that and it's like you're not supposed to drink it doesn't make sense and the esophagus stuff it doesn't make sense and she just is grilling her and she's getting activated. So Sutton's like, you're not my doctor, don't yell at me. But she won't shut up about it. She's boring the shit out of me. And I have to admit I enjoyed Erica in this moment because she says she solved the mystery of Sutton not getting a second date. Oh, yeah, that was funny. It's not the cat jumper. It's not the kooky behaviour. It's the fact that her esophagus is small and closes up a lot and she can't deep throat someone. Thank (laughs) you, Erica. And I don't think Sutton is upset about that because she just wants it to be light and fun and to celebrate. Yeah, yeah. And it's just, it's absurd that that's the take that she's running with. It like is if we absurd. want to take down Sutton, call her a hypocrite. Say she's rude at the weed party for calling out someone's marriage. Say yes. she's a weirdo for walking out of Magic Mike and wearing pants and all that crap. There's yes. so much you can attack her on. And, like, why would you bother with this? I know. It's also it's someone's private medical business. They can share what they want and they can also choose not to share. So it's mm-hmm. it's awkward and uncomfortable. And even in confessional, Sutton's like, I don't know her. I just met her. Like, I don't even know your last name. Like, I did love when she's like, who are you? She needs to buy something at least. I'm like, see, you should have told her in the moment. Like, mm-hmm. I'll answer your questions if you buy something. Yeah. And, and we've talked about, like, 
you know, well, what's Erica? She's mixing alcohol and meds because she's yelling at Garcelle's kid. We talked about Denise the other day being like, what is she on? That's but like, true. We're not also trying to do gotcha. Like we've got receipts, gotcha. Like give us a fuck. No, we all talk about the shows and they're putting it on the show and we can talk about it. But I wouldn't be grilling someone at a party where they're paying for the alcohol I'm pouring down my throat. I wouldn't be grilling them about their medical stuff right there. Yeah. That's crazy. You're right. She's really trying to be Kyle's mouthpiece and she's doing a woeful job. Yeah. <laughs> so that's pretty much the episode. I mean, they do talk a little bit about Sutton's ex moving to England and how that's a big deal now because she's on her own. And I'm like, you get like half a million dollars a month or whatever the fuck you get. Like, yeah. you're not on your own, buddy. You're good. Yeah, she's good. Yeah. Like this fairy tale hasn't ended. You... Buy your clothes in private showings. That's how fucking filthy rich you are. Like, you're good, sweetheart. Yeah. Do you want to talk about the mid-season trailer? So much. What do you want to talk about of the mid-season trailer? Well, I'm just excited for Spain. Mm. I think that's like a fun locale. Me too. And I'm excited for Crystal activating and then seemingly dying. I think that'll be fun. Someone always has to go to hospital on a fucking (laughs) Yeah. What (laughs) the fuck, people? And now if you're not getting glam in a hospital bed, then it's it's not worthwhile. Exactly. Sutton and Dorit fighting, I'm looking forward to that. And then I'm looking forward to Anna Marie being outed as a nurse and not a doctor. So I know, which is also kind of shitty in her defense. Being a nurse is still amazing. Like, you know what I mean? Like <laughs> Yeah, it's still amazing, but I also got the impression that she was a doctor. Why did I get that impression? Is she introducing herself as a doctor? Did she? I don't know. Well, maybe we need to go back to the We depth. didn't care enough about her to pay attention. <laughs> Did she say she was an anesthesiologist? Because that would insinuate you're a doctor. Yeah, maybe she did. We're fucking recording a podcast and I didn't even go and check. I'm hopeless. Oh, because who cares? Oh, what about Erica when she's holding some wreathy thing and they're near the water so she wants to let go of some shit and she says, I want to let go of all the hurt that many of you have contributed to? I, I didn't quite catch what she was saying and I thought, is she saying she's letting, I thought she was saying she's letting go of the hurt that other people have that she's contributed to. Did I get oh. that wrong? But either way, that's still like not th- something that you can let go. That's something they need to let go. Yeah, no, I'm pretty sure she said I want to let go of all the hurt that you have contributed to. <laughs> wow. Well, she did say last season, I don't care about, I don't give a fuck about anyone but me. <laughs> <laughs> so we got to t- we we can't forget that, right? Yeah, totally. Well, you know, obviously they're going to milk the Kyle and Mo stuff. I mean, are we even going to get real scenes of that before the season yeah, ends? I don't think so. Uh, okay, I'll try not to get too excited then. Okay, I'm a terrible person. I'm getting excited about someone getting divorced, but it's like they're they're giving <laughs> me these little kind of nuggets, but you know. Not enough. They're, they're not giving yeah. me a meal. They're giving me too many apps and I'm and I'm not full. Yeah. All right, Salt Lake. Okay. Is that where we're up to? Yeah. So episode 14, Bermuda Birthday Blues. What did you think of this episode in general? I enjoyed it. Mm. The Angie being in the mafia stuff is just cracking me up. Oh, it's so good. <laughs> I'm running with it. As far as I'm concerned, she is in the mafia at the end. <laughs> it's great. It's... I think I'm turning a corner on this Angie. Like, I'm enjoying her on the show now. Really? Not because of anything she's doing on purpose, Mm. but just having this, like, I don't know, (laughs) this sad little clown on TV is just so funny. (laughs) It is funny and her reactions are funny. Yeah, I mean, (laughs) it's great content. Once this stuff's over, I don't know if I'm going to enjoy her at all. But, yes, I'm enjoying what's happening to her. Mm-hmm. Um, sure. Fuck! I said, I just hear myself say that, and I'm like, I am an evil bitch. And if Santa was real, I would not be getting a fucking gift this <laughs> Christmas. So Bermuda Day Two, we open with clips of them all enjoying their view from their balconies, and then we get Meredith's no view of just a wall of plant while she's <laughs> in bed scrolling on her phone. I mean, it was so good. <laughs> and. Whitney gives Monica a birthday present. It's a salty AF singlet. Now, I know that Justin just started back at work and they probably don't have a lot of ready cash right now, but Mm -hmm. surely she could have given her, like, I don't know, a bullshit piece of jewellery from her jewellery line. I feel like she just picked that up at the Bermuda airport 
Right. Got ya. She must have forgotten they were there for her birthday and she was like, oh, shit, oh, here you go. Yeah, you're probably right. Anyway, Heather is so into this birthday breakfast that she's setting up. Apparently she's done it every year for her kids. Okay, it's sweet. It's sweet that someone's doing something and it's funny watching them do it because some of them clearly have not actually physically set up a party before. Or ever blown a balloon. Like, was it Lisa that was like, oh, my God, did you bring a helium tank? Yeah, I know. <laughs> well, she's idiot. a party planner. She plans things. She doesn't – she's an event planner, right? Yeah. Yeah. But if I was if I was Heather mm. and I was busting my ass in the morning of a Bermuda holiday, blowing balloons and putting up shitty decorations for a girl that's secretly suing me and then I find out, like, I would be ropeable. Yeah, it's true. She did do all that work and by the end of the season she's suing her. I'd be so pissed. Yeah, well, off. Heather's the one suing her, though. They well, they're both suing. No, oh, well, you, Monica countersued. It's just yeah, it's what you do, right? It's what you do. But I, if I found that out, I'd be like, I blew balloons for you. Yeah, that's true. Pay me for my shit, bitch. Mm-hmm. I mean, having read the articles, it seems like the articles were suggesting that Monica's done this before, where she hasn't paid for things, and then argued that she didn't get the service. This Monica, I am not. You're not a fan, are you? I know this sounds crazy, but I'm getting Louie vibes from her. Like, she just feels like a con artist. And I don't know if this family was ever going to meet up with her in Bermuda. No. I don't know if it's just a pawn for her to take another shot at her mum. Her mum's just as much of a con artist. They're both fucking crazy and I wouldn't trust either one of them. Wow. Okay. And now I'm even thinking, I know... Sorry to jump around, but it's like this mafia stuff. Mm. We're meant to believe, and it does seem that this is the case, that Meredith's trying to use Monica as a pawn. But is Monica that dumb? Is Monica also trying to con everyone else? No, I don't think Monica's that street smart. These are Mormons after all. I don't know. I just don't. I just think she's dodgy. You think she's dodgy. All right. Fair enough. Oh, Heather's telling Angie that they're going to make Monica queen for a day and Meredith joins them and they talk about Whitney and Lisa and that Whitney told Heather to shut the fuck up and Meredith says, I don't speak that way. You should never speak that way. And then we get a flashy of her speaking that way about Angie to Lisa. (laughs) I just love it. And I also thought Heather saying like, oh, saying shut the fuck up to me is really going for the jugular. Mm. It's like, what? That's going for the jugular? It really is No, calm down. Like, We've heard them say worse to each other. It's true. And, of course, at this point, Whitney walks out and hears that she's being spoken about, just as Heather's calling her petty. And then Heather quickly deflects and says, oh, we were talking about how you spoke to me last night. And Whitney sucks it up and apologises. And Heather's like, don't ever say that again. And they hug it out. So I don't know why Heather is so bothered that Whitney told her to shut the fuck up. It's like I think Heather... I think in a, deep down in her heart, she's a bit of a mean girl. Oh. And I think she's realising she doesn't have power over Whitney anymore. And as soon as Whitney's standing up for herself, that's the affront. It's like, how dare you stand up for yourself to me? It does trigger her when Whitney stands up for herself, doesn't it? Mm-hmm. But then also, like, I think Whitney, I, they're all verging into, like, terrible people territory. Yeah, Because when true. Whitney's like, oh, I hope I didn't just waste an apology, I'm like, I'm sorry, do you have, like, six apologies in your suitcase that you <laughs> have to dole out accordingly? Are we on rations for apologies? That's not something that's a finite resource, Whitney. You're right. They're all awful. <laughs> they're all awful and I love them and I wouldn't change them. Of course, of course. And Monica walks out and sees what they've done for her and she's very happy Heather gives her a crown and a scepter and a robe and Monica's overwhelmed and cries and says she's never had a birthday like this. It's like, well, you haven't actually had the birthday yet, sweetheart. Why don't you reserve <laughs> reserve your comments? Because we all know something's coming. Monica tells them what activities they're going to be doing. I think they're jet skiing, but that she's also going to be visiting her family that she hasn't seen for 30 years. And then we find out that her mum didn't show up to the therapy that she's told Monica she wants to do. I'm not surprised. Yeah, and I also wouldn't be surprised if Monica changed the time and the date and didn't tell her. I think they're both shit. Right. I don't think they're as bad as each other, though. I don't know. In my head, I'm like, Monica still is her mother's kid. There is no example being set for Monica that's positive. Yes, yes. I'm not saying you can blame your parents forever. I think LD is a crazy person. Mm. But a lot of what we know about her and think of her is what Monica's told us. Yes. And in the scenes we've seen, she's been ridiculous and 
a terrible parent as well. But yeah. a lot of it is being filtered through Monica's lens. And I'm just like, I don't know if I trust her. As I said, I don't trust her. That's true. I understand where you're coming from. With me, I'm like, I believe it. I believe all of it. But it also doesn't mean that Monica can't cut her mum out. Yeah. It's like, if your mother is the root of all of your problems, then cut her out. And I know, I know, I get it. It's not that easy, but it's clearly affecting every single relationship in your life, including with your coworkers on a TV show. Because all you <laughs> want to do is talk about, oh, my mum did that. That was horrible. So that triggers me. Mm. Yes, your mum may have caused all of this, but she's not going to fix any of it. So. What are you doing? Yeah, the red flag for me was just when she said, when she found out her family weren't meeting with her and she says, my mum did this. Yes. And then we find out that she doesn't know that for sure. That's just her take. Yeah, so that's basically the scene after the next one. The next scene is just Lisa comes to Monica's balcony because Monica wants to ask her to come with her to meet her family. But this scene is also important because this is when Monica tells Lisa what Meredith told her about Angie being in the Greek Mafia and all of the documents she received on Insta Message Uh later that day. And Lisa's not buying it. She totally thinks that it's crazy and that it's all Meredith and that Mm -hmm. she wouldn't be surprised if Meredith's the one that actually sent the anonymous DMs. In the meantime, we get these cute little scenes of Angie trying to mount a pool float. (laughs) Angie the Don Katsanavis. That's it. And I swear she looked like she was having a seizure trying to get upright on that (laughs) pool float. It was fucking great. And you know how like two weeks ago we were making fun of her for packing the Greek flag bikini, but now like the payoff, seeing her in that Greek flag bikini when she's being alleged to be a member of the Greek mafia, it was perfect. It was perfection. So good. So Lisa's pretty pissed because in her mind – Meredith did the same thing to her with her legal documents and I can't even remember what they were. I think it was an SEC filing. Yeah, okay. Why do you think Monica is besties with Lisa now and she's inviting Lisa to come and see Because she wanted to tell Lisa about this stuff. So it's not about the coming to see the family at all. It was just for this scene. Okay. She's a fan of the show. She knows exactly what happened to Lisa with Meredith. Yeah, okay. She knows that Lisa and Meredith aren't in a great place, so it's the perfect person to tell. Yeah, I think that's right. And Lisa takes that bait because (laughs) she really is the perfect person to confront Meredith about this stuff. And so Lisa tells Monica that she thinks Meredith is setting her up to do her dirty work because she hates Angie. Now, in this moment, Monica looks shocked. And I think she's the only person in the world that is shocked. But what's funny is later she's acting like she knew all along. It's like, no, you didn't. Mm. Lisa, completely opened your eyes to that. Before we get to that, because that's at the dinner, we get in a van to go jet skiing And this funny thing happens where Heather is telling them all about her daughter being away at college and living her best life. And Monica, out of the blue, asks Heather if her daughter's having sex. Yeah, weird. It was weird, right? It was. And for her to, like, for Monica to flip that and be like, oh, everyone's sex shaming me and everyone's a prude because they don't want to talk about sex. And it's like, well, it's not just sex. It's her children. It's her child having sex. And, like, just because she's a bad Mormon doesn't mean she wants to talk about a child getting dicked down. And I think that Monica defending herself in confessional was stupid, but it did make me think of something. And, again, I feel like I keep defending Monica, but it's not that I'm defending her. It's I know where she's coming from. So something that's very normal in toxic families is not learning boundaries. You're You're not allowed to have boundaries, because you, you're not allowed to have your own opinions, right? And so I do see it, and I've even seen it in myself where I've been in public, and this is more when I was in my 20s, and I'm sure if you ask my friends and my partner, they say, you do it now, you're brutally honest. Mm. But, yeah, like I'll ask questions or say things that are inappropriate because I didn't mm-hmm. learn what was appropriate. Right. So when I saw her do that, I was like, oh, yeah, she never learnt like boundaries and it's not just boundaries for yourself it's boundaries for other people considering other people might have boundaries Mm. it's very normal in shitty shitty toxic families so that's what I thought of when I saw her do that but the fact that she's defending herself 
and saying, as you said, that she's being sex shamed, which she's not. No. It's almost like she's not ready to learn and grow and move on. And that's cool. If you're not ready, that's fine. Because just I'm watching her blame everyone else. Like she's blaming Heather that she asked an inappropriate question. She's blaming her mum for her inability to have healthy relationships and all that sort of stuff. You know, this triggers me. It's my mum's fault. It's like how many kids does she have? Four? Three? She's got Uh a lot of kids. When are you going to take responsibility for your own life? Yeah, it's, yeah. it's like you've got a kid. How would you feel talking about that kid's sex life on TV? Yeah, I mean, you saw her, the fact that she, when she found out that her family didn't want to see her, she wanted to talk to a kid about it. It's like, yeah, again, boundaries are bad. Right. She's not good with boundaries. These are things you get taught and you're yeah. only, as an adult, if you if this is the first time that you're learning them, you have to want to learn them. Oh, yeah, that's interesting. So anyway, they go jet skiing. I don't know. Did you enjoy the jet skiing? I just, I, it looked fun. Oh, yeah, it's fun for a few seconds. Yeah. Like, yeah. It did bug me when they were feeding the fish the bread. That bugged me. Oh, wh- why? Well, because fish don't eat carbs. They eat fish. They eat plants. Oh, they eat protein. They can't. Sense. I'm pretty sure fish can't process gluten. Yeah. Okay. I bothered Was it? It might have been Monica. She was like, that's more food than I've seen any of these housewives eat. Uh, and I was like, the, the fish ate like two slices of bread. You've seen people eat. Like, I'm sorry. How many times have we seen Lisa eat chocolate? I know. It, it's just that like easy humor, like yeah. the lowest hanging fruit. And it's like, you, that doesn't even make sense with this group of women. Yeah. This is not the group of women that picks around their plate. I don't think. No. <laughs> So I was like, oh, that's a lame joke. It's probably off base. Yes, I agree. So this is when we're in the sprinter. Monica gets these texts and she runs off. Well, I was going to say crying, but she runs off sobbing. Like she's triggered. Yeah. Was this like a panic attack or something? Or like? Yeah, yeah. I think she probably reverted back to being a kid and feeling rejected or having her mum go off or move her out of town. Like she doesn't have familial connections. And yes, some of that is her fault. Uh She did sleep with her brother-in-law, so, you know, but she definitely wants a sense of belonging and family. Um, Did you say on this Twitter or this X or whatever it's called these days? I don't use um, it. Monica's been, like, sharing screenshots of, like, her texts with production trying to set up this family meeting where it's – it seems like it was never going to happen because – she wasn't involved in the conversations with the family. Like, I get she doesn't know them, blah, blah, blah. But it's sort of like, oh, hey, producer, here's this guy, Nigel. Here's his phone number. You can call and set it up. And then the producer's like, yeah, we can maybe use his house. And it just seemed very up in the air. Like, really? I think she was releasing the text to be like, look, see, this was real. I had was planning it. Right. But I feel like the family were probably just like, oh, wait a minute. We've got you know, 30 crew and cameras coming into my house at late notice and I don't even know you, like, I'd be backing out too probably. I've got to admit, when she said she was meeting up with her family and then said she hadn't seen them for 30 years, I did have a thought run through my head saying, wow, and they're happy to be on the show, good for them. Because I wouldn't be. I'd be like, I'll meet with you, but I don't want to be on the TV. I don't think they ever signed up for it. I think it was sort of like the producer's like, we're coming around now and they're like, who are you? Yeah, wow. So I don't know if it was Linda at all. So this is why you're questioning the sobbing and all of it. Yeah, it never seemed that locked in, honestly. Wow. Unless production was telling her it's locked in. I don't know. Well, from her perspective, she was like, yeah, production was sorting it, I guess. But I just don't know how they're magically meant to, like, hunt down her family. Is this that, like, where do you come from TV show? Like, are we doing a (laughs) genealogy test and finding her ancestors? Like, what's going on? Yeah, they didn't involve Ancestry.com. Did she spit in a tube? I don't know, because this bitch is fucking sobbing, saying she can't breathe. (sighs) You almost didn't come on this trip. (laughs) So it's like, really, you don't care about meeting them too much? Lisa's following her. I mean, I love it. Monica, Monica, oh, my God, what happened? Because it does seem huge. But the fact that she's running off and not going, oh, something's going on with my kids or whatever, my first thought was, oh, my God, her mum's just texted her that she's landed in Bermuda. That's what I thought it was. Oh, right. That would have been great. That's what I thought it was, right? It was like a hi, that kind of thing. (laughs) But no, it's the fact that, yeah, my family no longer want to meet with me. Maybe I'm just such an uncharitable person, but watching this I was like, oh, she's – had this little lie that she has family in Bermuda and now it's caught up with her and she's got to pull the pin at the last minute and this is the theatrics. Is that what you thought was happening? That's what I thought. Oh, my God. But that's because I just have her in very low esteem and I I can admit I have some blinders on and, yeah, she could be telling the truth, but 
my first reaction was like, I don't buy this. This poor bitch is getting back on the bus without her shoes. She's that stressed How did she out. Lose her shoe? Well, she's probably wearing like thongs or something, and one flip flopped, and then she's just getting on the bus and going, "Oh shit, my shoe!" She was devo. She was crying so hard that Lisa had to tell them what the fuck was going on. <laughs> yeah. But then when she was saying, like, I have no family, I have no family, I'm like, God, I hope your kids don't watch this. I know, but then that night she was fine. Well, what is she going to do? I don't know. I don't know. I'm agreeing with you that there are things that I don't get. Yeah, and I just don't like seeing, I guess, the cycle continuing when she'll call the daughter and say, oh, your grandmother did this. That's what I didn't like either. I did not like that. I was like, what are you doing bringing your kid into it? Like, you're now Mm -hmm. alienating your kid from your mother, but you're making your kid spend time with your mother when you forgive her Mm -hmm. or whatever. It's fucked up, man. The whole thing's a fucking mess. Yeah, it is. At the end of the day, Lisa finally feels bad for Monica and she's starting to understand why she doesn't like her mum. But she, even at Lisa, when she said to the, the other ladies what happened and what the text was, she did say, we think that her mum may have. Mm-hmm. So obviously there was a lot more filmed because Lisa got that out of her eventually. But yeah. I have to say this beach cove that they were having lunch on was stunning. It was beautiful. I know. I did sort of feel bad for them that they had to point the chairs away from the ocean so our view was better as like yeah. an audience <laughs> so had their backs to the view. <laughs> They've got a chef at the house, right? So why is it that when they're having this picnic beach lunch, all they get are fish sandwiches and Cheetos? Well, I, I assume it was a like a traditional fish sandwich from like the region or something, wasn't it? Well, was I don't a specialty? know. specialty? But I mean, we watched too many below decks. They couldn't have had a table. I know. And the way they were carrying on, like Heather made it, like she birthed it from her vagina. They were like, thank you so much, Heather. You've done an amazing job. I was like, she didn't touch that. No. Lisa wants to play Mary Shag Kill. With the husband slash ex-husbands. Did you get a kick out of this game? I didn't. Yeah, no, not really. I think you need to play that game with people that you're not currently married to, like yeah. like everyone else's husbands. It needs to be celebrities if you don't want to start a fight. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, you know, I don't disagree with Lisa and the Idris Elba. He's kind of hot. Oh, she came up with that name so quick. I know, I love that for her. <laughs> And then when the Shag Mary Kill game is over, Lisa and Angie break away from the group and Lisa goes, oh, my God, it's been so hard for me to keep my mouth shut. <laughs> I love that. And she yeah, tells for five her, minutes I know. <laughs> and she tells her everything that she knows about Meredith. What she should be saying is, Meredith has found out you're in the Greek mafia. The cat's out of the bag. We're going to have to address this. How do you want to address it? I know. And the fact that Angie is wearing these OTT Gucci goggles. They look like (laughs) fucking ski goggles. And an OTT Versace glitter bikini. Meanwhile, Lisa's wearing the the onesie version of the same swimming costume. And this Angie's also wearing this Godfather fedora. I'm like, it's not out of the realm of possibility that we believe this. Yeah. Like, come on. This is fun. Turning a corner on Angie. I think she's camp. <laughs> right. So, of course, Angie's pissed. And anyway, they end up all back at the house and she heads straight for Monica's room to chat about Meredith. Angie tells Monica, I'm not mad at you for telling Lisa because this is perfect ammo for Angie to take down Meredith in her opinion. Oh, but she'll still fumble it. Oh, she did fumble it, didn't she? And Monica <laughs> says, so I, there's something I didn't tell Lisa. And I'm thinking, oh, my God, what? And she's like, I've been thinking since then that I wouldn't have known about the DMs except Meredith called me to say, have you got any DMs? It's like Lisa's the one that pulled the wool off of your eye for you to see Mm -hmm. what Meredith has been doing. And now you're trying to act like you had an inkling. You had no inkling. You're not that bright, Monica. Yeah. And this is when, yeah, she FaceTimes her kid and tells her, and I'm with you, she shouldn't have done that. No. Leave your kids out of your grown-up business. Pirate dinner in a cave. I do not understand Monica's through line as to how she got to this outfit choice. Did you understand it? What did she say? She just looked like Johnny Depp to me. I mean, that eyeliner goatee. I preferred Lisa's Barbie outfit, quite (laughs) frankly. I don't understand when she was sitting at the dinner explaining how she got to the theme idea because we're in Bermuda. Oh, the triangle. And Bermuda triangle. Yeah. I couldn't follow that, nor did I want to. Before we get to Lisa taking Meredith down, because as you said, Angie fumbled the ball, what is (laughs) with this Monica Heather fight? Okay, well, it's 
it goes back to the comment on the bus about the kid. It's not about anything else. It's not about who's single or not single. It's it's about the kid. Yes, but then why does Heather like I agree with Heather that Monica should shut the fuck up about the sex stuff. Oh, did you notice Heather said shut the fuck up, which is apparently going for the jugular? Yes, and she said, like Whitney told me last night, shut the fuck up. (laughs) And quite frankly, like Heather should not have to talk about even her own sex life if she doesn't want to because obviously Heather didn't want to play that game of shag, marry, kill. Yeah. Oh, no, it wasn't that. It was she was – It was when did you last have sex. That's right. Sorry. She shouldn't have to talk about her own sex life if she doesn't want to. But what – turned my head to go what the fuck heather was when she's like i'm the only one that's single because you're technically still married what i feel like heather sort of just said that and just forgot about monica being in the group kind of a thing like she hasn't adapted to monica not being like you know a friend of or whatever and actually being a castmate and then to course correct instead of saying admitting that she was wrong she said that and it didn't make any sense because it's like i don't like monica but yeah she's just as single as you are and like is it a competition That was strange. There was awkward silence then and Whitney tried to break it by going, ah, the food's good, but it didn't work. And Angie finally breaks attention with just more tension because obviously we know it's time for her to go in on Meredith. Well, how awkward did she do it though? She was like, I got something to bring up. And then she was like, wait, I need a drink first. And then she has to take a big long sip. And I'm like, oh, bitch. Yeah. You're fumbling. She's like, oh, my God, I've got my housewife moment. Wait, wait, wait. I need a beverage. Like, yeah, it was was lame. (laughs) It was totally lame. But... The more that Angie was trying to go in on Meredith, the supposedly, like, the calmer Meredith got, but it wasn't like she was calm. It was like she was anesthetised almost. Was Anna Marie around? I think so because I feel like this is just Meredith's tactic. When someone goes in on me hard, I'm just going to get calmer and quieter so I appear sane. That's what I thought it was. And it's like, whilst you might appear sane, Lisa also appears sane because these dots are easily connected. Like, just because someone raises their voice and is passionate, it doesn't mean that they're crazy. I didn't like that from Meredith. It's like, either defend yourself and say, I've said what I've got to say, or, like, she just seemed nonplussed about the whole thing. Not engaging. And I think... If she was actually telling the truth that she never sent DMs or whatever, like Mm. you'd be a little outraged. Naturally, you'd be like, wait a minute, I never said that. And you wouldn't be so calm. Yeah, she was just wait so calm it was fake. It was so contrived. Like, I never did that. I never did that. It's like, why aren't you bothered about being accused of Mm -hmm. setting her up? And did you catch her on Watch What Happens Live? She she was just as calm. And she was like, well, I'm not, uh, why would I give it air kind of a thing? But she did say she only told Monica about the DMs because they were talking about it that day kind of a thing. Sort of trying to throw it back onto Monica, but not putting any effort into it at all. Right. Okay. And then I don't get how Heather thinks that it's bullshit. Like everyone believes that Meredith sent those DMs. Everyone. Except yeah. for Heather. Heather's like, that's a lot of work to do. It's like, yeah, it's what she does. It's a total Lisa Vanderpump move. And in the Mm -hmm. end, Lisa Vanderpump left the show because they finally called her out on a bullshit and went, no, we don't believe that you're not the one calling the paparazzi. We know for a fact that you are. Well, it it does sort of make me think, though, like we just had Salt Lake last year with the Shah Exposed account Mm. and it was a whole big thing. So they know it exists. They know the parameters. Yeah. But it makes you wonder, like, why would she go that route if it's already been exposed once and someone's been humiliated for stooping to fake profiles on Instagram? I don't know, because it works, because it's easy to do. And when she says, I didn't do it, I think she's probably technically correct because she's probably got someone she knows to do it. Yeah, that's her legal language. Exactly. Yeah. First of all, I believe that Angie's in the Greek mafia. And second of all, I believe that (laughs) Meredith is the reason it's all out there. But Lisa going off on Meredith, I'm sick of this. It's done. You're done. Stop it. I loved all of that. Every second of it, it was brilliant. And then when she turns around and says, Crossman, can I get some bread? I love her for that. I mean, what was his name? Cosman? Cosman. Crossman. It's close. It ain't as simple a name as John to remember. So, you know, give a girl a break. But then Lisa with her cybersecurity guy on it, 
does Lisa actually have a cybersecurity guy or does she think she has one because he's her IT guy? She might think she has one, yeah. I think Lisa thinks she's got a cybersecurity guy, but really she's got an IT guy who looks after her business websites. Yeah. That's the episode. Next time we got a boat day, which, you know, we all know how well they go. Yeah. Whitney calls Heather a hypocrite for exploiting her sexuality in her book and they have another oh. big fight. Now, okay, Whitney, I have a problem with you. I read – okay, I didn't read Heather's book. I don't want to sound smart. I listened to Heather's book on audiobook. I think I've mentioned this before. Heather mm-hmm. talks about the time that she met Whitney back when Heather was a freelance photographer and Whitney booked her to take boudoir photos of her. So right. if that's how you met – That's not exploiting your sexuality. That's giving a story of how you met. She does talk about how when they were doing the photo shoot, Whitney was so, like, carefree and at one point took off her G-string. So she was full frontal for the photos. It's like, well, if you did that, it's not a secret because there would be photographic evidence. Heather would have had to put those photos in Photoshop to edit out any bits she needed to edit out. Like... Mm -hmm. If I'm going to have to put up with seeing a stranger's vagina to take photos of them, I'm going to talk about it in my book. (laughs) Sorry. I think it's just Whitney hates Heather now and she's just looking for something to complain about. Yeah. It's like you didn't read her book. You read the bit where your name is. I would have thought Heather would have, like, sent them what she was going to say about each housewife as a courtesy. I wouldn't have because, you know, they'd come back with notes. (laughs) <laughs> and it would be a whole to do. And I think Heather's laughing at the bank. Like, well, yeah, she's a New York we're Times We're getting bad Mormon publicized every week. It's true. Yeah, the more they talk about it. I mean, yeah. I finally listened to it because of I saw that in the season trailer. Yeah. So is there anything else you want to talk about? Not really. I just, uh, I enjoyed Meredith. With the hot tea and the turban, like she's still trying to milk that she's really sick and cold. I know, right? (laughs) (laughs) And I loved when Lisa said, doesn't take Inspector Gadget to figure out what is going on. (laughs) That was the inspector she referenced, not, you know, Clouseau. Who I can't pronounce anyway. (laughs) But Inspector Gadget. I should just go with my favourite, Poirot or the Jessica Fletcher. Legit. Inspectors. Yeah, you know, legit inspe- fake inspe- inspectors. Inspector Gadget, that's so funny. Yeah, but these are legit fake inspectors. Come on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Give Lisa a break. I love the Inspector Gadget. I don't even know if I've got any notes on Potomac or anything. No, I'm zoning out on Potomac, to be real Are you still you. watching it? Yeah, but uh, I'm not enjoying Barely. it. Barely? Mm-hmm. There's definite moments where I'm laughing. Not that I can recall any. I'm just not writing many notes. No, what what okay. were my notes? Oh, Oh, no, I have a note. Oh, boy. They were talking about Robin and Juan, of course they were, and she was saying that Juan cleans his phone like crazy. He deletes everything because they were questioning her on whether she saw the text messages between, like the correspondence between him and that other woman. And she's like, no, no, he deletes everything. He cleans his phone like crazy. And she's using that as an explanation as to why she didn't want to make contact with his mistress, well, alleged mistress, mm-hmm. not mistress. How is that defence not a red flag to you? Oh, it's shady. One day she's going to be getting a divorce from Juan and she's finally going to admit to Andy, of course this was all red flags, but at the time he was my spouse and I chose to be with him so I defended him. Yeah. And she's trying to make the narrative like, why are you all coming at me? I didn't do anything wrong. It's like, no, they want to talk about what's going on in your life because you never have a storyline. And... Because they were trying to make Candace and Chris a storyline. They've tried Correct. to make Karen cheating on Ray a storyline. Like, you can't do that and then not expect it to come back at you. Oh, speaking of which, I didn't click on the article, but apparently Candace is saying that this supposed person who Chris had an affair with admitted that she lied about it. Oh, okay. Which I didn't know there was an affair with Chris. Was there? Oh, there's always an affair I on can't keep up with all the affairs. I just, I'm having trouble keeping up with all the affairs. So I'm going to go to page six. I would like Robin to not be back next season. Oh, please. I've been saying that since her first season. Yeah, I only wanted her back this season because I thought it would be juicy and it's just not been. She's definitely deflecting the juice. (laughs) 
<laughs> uh, are you seeing all this stuff that people are saying that Lala's jealous of Ariana because she made a comment in the trailer saying, like, I've never experienced someone who gets cheated on and suddenly becomes God? I mean, I can imagine that that would be frustrating to be on a show with someone and then all of a sudden have someone else on the cast have this, like, meteoric rise. Well, considering, like, Randall fucked her over and cheated on her and nothing came of that. Yeah, I'd be, I'd be annoyed. All right, so Candace Dillard feels vindicated after husband's alleged mistress admits she lied about her affair. I didn't know there was an affair. I'm sure it was, like, covered last season and we've just forgotten about it. I didn't know there was an affair. I know we all know that there was um, there was one of the, the side characters, like Sesame Street, <laughs> who was saying that he hit on her, but that, yeah. Mm. Yeah, I don't know. Oh, apparently it was on the Reasonably Shady podcast. Of course. So a woman named Ayanna Williams copped to spreading lies about Bassett. I lied. I never met Chris. I never talked to him. I made the whole thing up. So she had previously said that she secretly dated him for six months and Gosh. that she alleged she became pregnant with his child and got an abortion. Oh, my goodness. Wow. I mean, I didn't even know any of that. Clearly, I'm not reading enough of the page six, people. What's wrong with you? Yeah. <laughs> oh, apparently Sonia Morgan will not tell people her Viking boyfriend's name. I mean, do I care why? Until I see no. him, I don't care. He's not a real person to me until yeah. Until then. Nah, like there's nothing that I'm excited about clicking on this stuff, but like do I really care how Kyle and Mo are navigating sharing a home? I really don't. Nope. The guy's a real estate agent. Like why are they living in the same house? That's what I want them to talk about, not how they're navigating the situation. <laughs> why the fuck are you there? You have like a million homes you could be living in. That's what I want to hear. Okay, totally. that's all I got, people. I got nothing. All right, well, let's leave it there. If you guys want to uh, let us know if you think Angie's in the mafia or not, let us know at <laughs> Bravo or via a review. And, yeah, I mean, have a Merry Christmas. Oh, we've got another week before Christmas. We've got another week before Christmas, but still have a Merry Christmas. Are you loving all of the, um, all of the Christmas movies on the Netflix? Are you watching yeah, any? Yeah, I, I started the Denise Richards one the other day. Have you seen that? No. It's called A Christmas Frequency where she's like a radio host or whatever. Right. But I had to sort of stop 10 minutes in because like her office had like four Christmas trees in it and there was just like wreaths everywhere and like tinsel and it was just too much. Oh, I couldn't stomach it. Too much Christmas? No, no such thing. I want four Christmas trees in my office. <laughs> All right. Bye. Bye.